to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water. I'm sitting in Grants Pass, Oregon, in the United States of America with this show. We're starting our ninth year with the power of water and the concerns of the water crisis worldwide. And with the crisis that's going on, we do need better education. Something has happened here. They've been studying water for millions of years. Trillions of dollars have gone towards studying water. And guess what? The planet Earth is in a water crisis. I'm sitting in the mountains here in southern Oregon in the Valley of the Rogue with a river going through it and the beautiful mountains, ranges in the red, near the Redwood Forest and the Kaliama Opsis Forest that had 500 inches of rain at one point year, millions of years ago. We're sitting on two underground moving rivers here that started millions of years ago that are now embedded into the aquifers. But we're sitting here with every moment to remind us that we're in on the planet Earth together. It is a planet Earth together. The show is to remind you always, as if you do know a lot, we know you know a lot worldwide, Scientists are listening, physicians and the businessman and our politicians and our citizens that are living on the planet. But to remind us all not to forget, without the water, there is no life. The water vapor in the atmosphere is what created all life. The power of all faith in God above. Water vapor came to the planet Earth billions of years ago to surround it before the fresh water came on the surface. And when the fresh water came to the surface with the rain droplets coming down because the sun came around the Earth and climate changed around the Earth. And as the water vapor came down and began all life, and that's where we're at today, multi-billions of years later, a cycle of beautiful harmony, patience, time. The most valuable part of our lives is to learn how to live and be healthy with the planet Earth, focusing with it, enjoying it every moment of the day, the faith it offers and what they say, God, I believe in God, the power of all faith of Earth started out multi-millions of years ago and thinking there's something more powerful than us. God, the power in the water. Without the water and the breath of life in the atmosphere, there would be no living health, life. The organisms, we call them. Earth has an organism of life to bring an organism of our lives together. And when you look at your health, And the way you were born, you came from a pocket of water from your mother, such a beautiful life, into the new life of the atmosphere's water vapor to keep you alive. That water vapor has been there since the moment you were born to keep you alive and hopefully your guidance with your family, your parents, and 
and, and professionals was teaching you that how you breathe is so important to your life. How you drink water to replenish the lost evaporation of water from the body that causes us from life to death, the evaporation. How we're eating. How we moderately exercise and how we sleep. That's the same pattern as our earth is living. So when you're living every moment, this is a gift to you to live, to learn to be healthy and educate yourself. Can we ever learn enough? And yes, we do forget a lot we learn. We need reminding. That's what this show is all about, is to remind us all. And I remind myself and all these special guests from all over the world and all the countries we brought into the show, I've been reminding us of what they've been learning about for the healthier planet. Now, I need to tell you, the planet now has 300, well, the United States of America has 325 million people living here now. The planet has 7 billion 318,870,377 people living here on the planet. Babies born, we have had this year 57,623,047 babies born on the planet that need to breathe the water vapor, need to drink water or they wouldn't survive, be able to eat proper nutrition and food that needs to grow with water, have moderate exercise to be healthy, to live with our atmosphere, and to sleep with the planet. So all of the babies and all the life on the planet to live together must be in harmony, to live with what is called this harmony and the rhythm of the planet living with the whole solar system. Now, isn't that kind of fun to think about? Now, your body is living with the atmosphere's water vapor. And the body is internally behind that skin of your earth called, it's your earth. You're a walking orbit. And behind that skin of your earth is all these organs that operate with, with water. The surface of the eyes are 99% water. What do you think is happening to the evaporation of your eyes and vision impairment and the relationship to your brain? The eyes and the brain connect at the same moment to begin to organize their organism for you to live. The brain, 80 to 85% water. The surface of your eye, when your eyelid is open, evaporating, depending upon the atmosphere of the water and the vapor of the atmosphere, is 99% now water. Now, stop and think about that scientifically and just common sense. If the water vapor of the atmosphere is charging you like an electrolytic rod and the, your eyes are like a battery charged with vision of the lens to be charged with the water... Earth gave you that charge to live with the water vapor, to live with your brain. There's a new report out. The brain can be 90% affected by your eyes. Now, does that make common sense? Yes, it does. 
water vapor evaporation is happening out of control. You must drink to replenish the internal body for your organism of your life, eight to ten glasses of water a day. It is vital how you eat. You must digest. You must have a moderate exercise, and you must learn how to sleep. Now we're learning how to do this, all of us, together. And that's what this show is about, to keep reminding us. Now, Bonnie Mark, my secretary, always finds me new information and where to go on the Internet and study. There's one from the Times of Israel that is reporting, Israel's first Jordanian Ph.D. wants to bring peace through water to their world. What have I been saying over there? The turmoil and the anxiety and the anger is because of the frustrations of the sand in that, the Middle East. There, is, there could be an extinction in time because microorganism of the sand does not develop healthy atmosphere. They know they need water badly for life in the Middle East. There's another one. Clean water rule will protect drinking water for one in three Americans if Congress steps aside. We need clean water, but we also need our economy to flourish. So let's get together with all of this and learn how to do it together to be able to have clean water and still have a good economy, healthy economy. America's second largest reservoir, reservoir, Lake Powell, is disappearing. That's because they didn't think about how to develop technology to protect their water sources. Study that one. Amazonian tribes unite to demand Brazil stop hydroelectric dams. Now, I don't know how they're going to get power unless they figure it out together because they're having a lot of trouble in India and different countries with developing power. People want to flush toilets. They want to run washing machines. They want that power for electricity. If there's an emergency, what's the first person that has? Do you ever notice that the linemen who go out and take care of those power poles and all that old power and, and modern technology, does everybody ever do parades for them, how hero, they're heroes, putting their life at stake to make sure that we have the technology we need for our Earth to operate with all of the technology during bad times and good times? Stop and think about it. Without them, we'd, have no, we'd be nowhere. The other one, we will fight to the end about in the Amazon for what they do, do believe they're going to be fighting for. What do you think the world is fighting about? They're going to fight to the end. And sometimes I've said to myself, and I'll say it to you, Let's don't go extreme. Let's be moderate. Let's do it together. And how we can join together in the middle ground called the ecosystem, Earth Harmony. And balance this out. People have to work. They have to have an economy. But we have to be moderate and being careful how we do it. But we can work together and do it. Because without the water, there is no life. And I think we should, with this show take it serious that we're going to make sure that this is a legacy for an everlasting eternity. Today, we're excited to have Dr. Effie Chow, who's been on our show many times, 
who is the founder of East West Academy. The books have been written about her. Our former President Clinton appointed her to be working with NIH to bring the alternative Chinese medicine to America and be our educator. She's a master at everything she touches, and her heart is beyond her soul, her compassion. She is a PhD, but her holistic side of her is beyond worldwide recognition and respect. We're going to have her on today with somebody from Chicago, Illinois, Steve Lauer. Steve Lauer has been involved in Tai Chi for over 22 years, and he's an instructor. And I wanted Steve to get to know Dr. Chow, and they can ask questions of each other, and we're going to learn what the 7,000 years of Qigo and Tai Chi, the art has been teaching us lately here in the United States and around the world about why Qigo and Tai Chi were invented 7,000 years ago in China for an art for a reason, to live with the atmosphere and harmony and breathing, all the things that I've been telling you about. We're going to learn a lot about today. Before we bring our special guests on to get to know each other and ask each other questions, we're going to hear from our sponsor, which I am the founder of Biologic Aqua Research Center. We study that atmosphere with seriousness. We have multi-millions behind our investment to study the evaporation of the problems of the water vapor in the atmosphere causing a severe evaporation of the human body and the planet Earth. It's out of control, but we're going to learn what, it, what we can do with technology to slow it down. It takes education and lots of good time. We'll listen to our sponsor with Nature's Tears Eye Mist to slow down the evaporation of the surface of the eyes. What is vision impairment? Evaporation of the eyes, and it does affect your brain, yes. We'll listen to that sponsor, the only water treatment like it in the world. Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist of trade secret tissue culture grade of water. We'll listen to our sponsor and be right back with Dr. Chow and Steve Lauer. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening. 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Chow, are you with us? I certainly am. Well, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here with you. Oh, you are special. Thank you. Steve Lauer, are you with us? Yes, I am, Sharon. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you. I want you two to meet each other. Dr. Chow, I want you to meet Steve Lauer. Delighted to meet you. I'm glad that we will be conversing on this show. I haven't met you before, but I look forward to getting to know you much better than just at this show. Oh, likewise, Steve, Dr. Dr. Chow. It's a pleasure to too? finally uh, be able to speak with you. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Both of you ask each other questions. We're going to start out with Dr. Chow. And in the audience, I want Steve to know that Steve has been in the art of Tai Chi for 22 years. And he has many people that he's met that are masters in Qigo and Tai Chi. But he has never met Dr. Chow before. And this is going to be fun. Be sure and ask each other questions and for the audience to get to know more about Tai Chi and Qigo. Dr. Chow, tell us the history of Qigo and Tai Chi. Well, uh, Qigo and Tai Chi uh, is spelled Q-I-G-O-N-G. That's a new spelling as of the last 40 years. And Tai Chi is now spelled T-A-I-J-I. And, of course, you can see it spelled in many different ways. But it is the art of energy uh, balancing and creating a healthy life. And it is for promoting health and preventing disease. And in China, of course, this is part of our philosophy, of the Taoist philosophy, where we are part of nature that the individual is an, is an integrated entity with nature. There is no separation. And there is no separation of body, mind, and spirit. And it's unity with the universe. So basically, that is the philosophy we live with. And it has taken different forms. And of course, Qigong is the basic premise of traditional Chinese medicine, that the qi is breath or the vital life force, and gong means a way we cultivate it or manifest that breath and life force. And so there are many, many different ways. It's been known that there are over 5,000 different styles of qigong, And Tai Chi is one of the major styles of Qigong, as well as martial arts is also part of Qigong. So Qigong is an umbrella of many thousands of forms. Mm -hmm. So I think Tai Chi is more popular here, the word Tai Chi, rather than Qigong, because that's just a new new, uh, word that's been on the block, let's say, the new baby on the block. Description. Mm-hmm. New yeah, description the, on the block. The word qigong. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, now, it started this began because it's been around for so many years. And it's interesting that uh, Dr. Lauer chose Tai Chi to be, you know, to be his practice. And so I'd like to know what made you choose Tai Chi, Dr. Lauer. And Dr. Peter Wayne um, of, of Harvard has just come out with a book called Harvard Medical Center Guide to Tai Chi. Are you aware of that, Dr. Lauer? Doc, uh, Bethy, real quickly before we go on, it's Steve Lauer. Yes. His name is Steve Lauer. Steve Lauer. I called him Dr. Lauer. <laughs> right, yeah, he's not a doctor. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a doctor as of yet. But, um, but to, to answer both of your questions, um, I initially started in Tai Chi um, for the first 15 years of practice, and then after that, my teacher um, has started to introduce Qigong to me, which I'm slowly, um, you know, over the last seven or eight years have integrated that into my practice as well. So now it's more of a balance of doing Tai Chi and Qigong um, at the same time. But um, uh, my teachers explained to me in the beginning that they wanted to teach Tai Chi because it had a little bit more, like you were saying, popular appeal in the United States here because it was more movement. It looked a little more graceful, whereas um, Qigong, you're not moving as much, at least um, the forms that I've learned you're more staying um, centered uh, and only stepping out, uh, you know, here or there, front or backwards or side to side, you know, for a couple of postures where chi or Tai Chi, you're moving a little bit more. So my instructors explained to me that that had a more of an appeal. But when I started to, to really get proficient in Tai Chi, my teachers wanted to introduce Qigong to me. So I would study uh, like a wild goose Qigong. I studied uh, medical Qigong, you know, different types of forms. And, um, one of my instructors, um, uh, Dr. Hong Chao Zhang, is one of the founding members of a, a Qigong um, uh, system in China, but he's here in Chicago. And uh, I, I couldn't choose between the two now. I, I have the utmost appreciation for Qigong and Tai Chi, and to do them together, it just generates so much energy and so much power and so much health for me that I, I couldn't let go one of, the, one of the two go. I have to do them now uh, together. And Steve, which one are you? You're an instructor. Which one are you? Te- are you teaching? Um, I'm actually teaching both now. I started teaching okay. Tai Chi um, about 20 years ago, and then um, within the last five years, I've been teaching more Qigong, um, only because I've been dealing with more um, senior students that mm-hmm. can't do all of the forms of uh, or all the postures in Tai Chi, nor do they have the time commitment to learn a 64 posture form or a 24 posture form where I could show them a Qigong form um, a little bit quicker because there's, uh, in a lot of, some of the Qigong forms, there's less movement and it's easier for them to remember in the beginning. So they seem to be liking the Qigong um, more so than the Tai Chi. Dr. Chow, could you tell our audience, and this is where I was very, very enthusiastic about the show today with both of you. The art of Qigong, so far back, why do you believe the analysis of what you believe, why did they invent this art? Yes, you mentioned for the, for the health, but why did they choose to do this in, in inventive movement, living in the water environment of the atmosphere? I say that. I don't want to put words in your mouth. 
but they were touching the atmosphere to do what they were doing, feeling there was something very powerful to that inventive art. What do you think they were thinking in those days? That far back? Well, you're right that they feel what is in the atmosphere. And this is part of the philosophy of uh, Taoism, uh, Buddhism, uh, and even Confucianism. And it is a basic theory of life to be, to be in harmony with the atmosphere. And, of course, the atmosphere is basically a great percentage of moisture. And so, therefore, they begin to feel what, what, they, uh, what the atmosphere feels like, and they began to move. Now, remember China was a very poor country overall. Though there's spots of very rich areas, but China, the, the whole cuisine, because it's so extensive, originated from poverty, that they ate everything, the root and the organs of the animals, and it said, but of course, the kings and queens and the princess and all that, they didn't, or the emperors and, and all, they didn't eat those things. But they adapted to that. But the people were taught to listen to the atmosphere, to listen to that around them, to get their balance. And so, therefore, every inlet, every hamlet, and every little village, people were standing there, you know, and just listening to nature and began these movements. So we have more than 5,000 different styles, but only the major styles became well-known and and people taught it. And so, therefore, like for some of Tai Chi, the Chen Tai Chi is very, very well-known. And then there's a Wing Chun, and then I have what is called the Chow Medical Qigong. And I moved from Tai Chi. I used to teach Tai Chi, and I found that that is, I mean, just the way you learn it is not as powerful, although the very powerful masters can throw 20 people without touching them, the Tai Chi masters. But not many have gained that type of, that type of skill because it takes a lot of practicing, a really devoted time. And so with Qigong, there are big movement Qigong styles as well, as I said in the 5,000. Some are standing, some is movement. Some are very gross movements. So it depends on what your exposure is. And I guess, Steve, uh, that your exposure has been to the ones that don't move very much, and it's not surprising. So, therefore, the Qigong that I have developed called the Child Mental Qigong, and I do have tapes and videos and meditation tapes and everything, but it has a lot of movement. But it is easier than Tai Chi because... The form, it has large movement, but it's not one continuous form that they have to learn Steve, all 24 you, you know, Steve, forms. you had a question of Dr. Chow uh, with some of that to bring to our audience so they can understand a, a little better. 
Do you have some questions? Um, well, the one question I have for you, Dr. Chow, and, um, you know, I've heard a few different things from teachers over the years as far as, you know, when the optimum time to practice Qigong or to tai, or practice Tai Chi is. And I have a lot of, uh, a lot of my masters said that, you know, at sunrise is very good, but um, I wanted to hear from you what you consider to be the optimum time to practice um, a Qigong form um, in relationship to nature, to the sun rising, where you're going to be able to benefit from the most energy uh, cultivation at that particular time. I know a lot of my masters said that, you know, practicing in the evening or the nighttime, maybe not so much, but earlier during the day. But I'm curious to know what um, what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, I think you agree that practicing any time is better than not practicing, right? Absolutely. But the question of when's the best time is usually in the early morning, this is why in China before, you saw 100 million people, 80 million people, out at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and then they finish after 8 o'clock. And it is the yin, the night is the yinist time, whereas the clarity has taken place. And the people's rejuvenation time is between 12 and four, five, six. And then so when the sun rises, the yang, the strongest yang arising within the strongest yin is the most powerful time. This is why any time after five, even four, five to seven, eight, are the best time to practice. And it's really amazing. That sets your day because you have set your energy at a much higher level and you're able to work better, you're able to play better, you're able to make love better, everything, you know. So if you ask the most optimal time, it is a rising yang within the yin and that's the early morning time. But however, many people don't want to get up at 5 o'clock and so any time when they first rise, it's a good time because then they build their chi, their force, their life force, so that they have more energy and more stamina and can cope with better stress and can be more efficient and effective through the day. So you heard about people who get tired in the afternoon, right? Right. It's a complaint. Right. Everybody thinks that's normal. Well, it isn't normal. If you practice Qigong early in the morning, that will take your energy right through the uh, time, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. And people, oh, I'm tired. Well, it's normal. It isn't normal. It's because you're, you're deficient in Qi. So I hope Now, the first thing, you. Dr. Chow, the thing I'm thinking is... Um, that uh, when people are practicing, Steve, uh, there are do they? Uh, it's almost like you're saying go out outdoors, or uh, because, uh, and, and of course I'm in atmospheric study with the water vapor, and I, Dr. Chow, immediately, and Steve thought, well, if you go outdoors, if, if the climate assists, to oh, go absolutely. during that be time of nature. morning, the water vapor would be beautiful. <laughs> yes, and also be with trees. And be with yeah, nature. Steve would like that. 
not the concrete buildings, you know. But right. however, when I was in Shanghai, they were lined up all over the streets, all over the park. It literally was infested with human beings. <laughs> uh-huh. It was wonderful to see. And there and there groups that were doing their own thing, there were individuals that were doing their own thing. And then there's people who were leading large groups in the park. And it was so marvelous. And so I hope that will catch on here in in the United States. But I think one aspect which people are not aware of is the tremendous healing power, instantaneous healing power that Qigong can manifest. Dr. Chow, I'm sorry to interrupt. We have to take our only break. Don't go anywhere, you two. And we're going to come back, and then Steve will also be including that in his uh, description to us about that healing power and what he has learned, too. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We're going to listen to our sponsor. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist. Did you know the surface of your eyes from birth begin to evaporate and they're 99% water? If the atmosphere is evaporating too quickly, you need a supplement to mist with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll come back with Dr. Chow and Steve Lauer. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. We're back with Dr. Chow and Steve Lauer. We're discussing Qigong and Tai Chi, the thousands of years of the art of the healing power and the strengthening that is becoming so popular really throughout the world, but in the United States even more so in universities, schools, hospitals, and even our military is learning more about it. Um, Steve, what do you think that Dr. Chow meant, and you can explain, you've talked to me about it, the healing power that the art of Qigo and uh, Tai Chi have that you've learned. Tell us a little bit more what you've learned personally. Well, as far as generating that chi energy and, and being able to exchange, um, you know, new energy with old energy on a daily basis, um, that 
to be able to move that energy from organ to organ, from part of your different parts of your body, and to move and using that energy to move nutrients, to move water, to move, you know, it's it's almost like an internal massage that you're getting from the energy that you're generating. And I'm not exactly I'm I'm no doctor, but I I. I know that just by circulating and cultivating that energy on a regular basis, um, I'm healthier, I'm stronger, I rarely get uh, any type of sickness or anything like that that lasts for any kind of significant time just because I have the benefit of being able to have learned Qigong and Tai Chi that, that moves this energy and it just gives you a certain sense of power. I mean, the closest thing... Uh, that I've experienced outside of Tai Chi and Qigong that, that, that you can kind of relate to the type of energy feeling is um, people who do a lot of long-distance running, and they have that term called runner's high that you'll experience for a very short time while you're running or sprinting after you've ran for a long time. You get that great feeling for just such a short time. But with Qigong and Tai Chi, that feeling and that energy sustains itself for a much longer period throughout the day. And... And that feeling alone is just something that I, I'm addicted to. I can't, even, I can't even go a day without feeling that way. Now, Steve, you have students that you've been teaching, and uh, you've been at this for over 22 years. Uh, so tell us some of the uh, testimonials that you've heard from some of your students that have been taking it for a while. Or just let's say they come in and they take a, a class with you and they come back and they continue. Tell us about some of those testimonials. Um, most of the time, um, my, my biggest successes that I've had with some students is they'll come up to me three months, six months, nine months later after they started, and then they tell me that they had a serious heart condition or some sort of serious malady that they were dealing with, and the doctors pretty much have, you know, put their hands in the air and said, well, we, there's nothing else that we can do. So then they sought out, you know, alternative, you know, health programs, whether it be Tai Chi or Qigong. And then after six months of learning with me, they'll tell me that, you know, in one particular instance, the doctor only gave this one of my students three months to live. And then, you know, nine months later, he's still doing Tai, tai Chi and the doctors don't understand why he's still alive. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him another couple of years later and he was still alive and the doctors, you know, still have no explanation. And the only explanation that he could come up with, my student, was that, uh, tai Chi and Qigong made all the difference in his heart health, and that's why he's still, mm-hmm. you know, amongst us. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have a new student, Steve, and I know, Dr. Chow, I'm going to ask you this, too. Uh, when you have a student come in and start a class, do you take them through any instructions about what would make a more successful experience if they learned how to, uh, you teach them how to breathe, I know that, but how they would drink water, how they would eat how they would uh, learn to sleep. Do you go through any of those instructions before they start the classes? Yeah, I touch upon quite a bit. I mean, I, I make sure that they're all healthy enough to at least take the classes. I make sure that they've, you know, consulted with a physician, especially with some of my older patients, just to make sure that they're healthy enough for the class. And then I, we, I also touch upon diet. I also touch upon, you know, the power of drinking water, the power of a balanced diet, and how Tai Chi ultimately is going to be able to give you a lot more rest and a better night's sleep, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to go from there. So, yeah, in the beginning, the first class, um, I try to, I don't take them through too much because I want to talk to them more to kind of get them in the mindset of, 
um, how to be successful learning this, how to use it to your benefit. You can't just mimic emotions. I mean, you have to, you know, breathing is the most important thing to learn, but it's also the most difficult thing to learn. I mean, they'll yeah. learn the postures and the forms a lot faster than they'll actually learn to breathe properly. I'm going to go to Dr. Chow and ask a question there, but Steve, have you ever noticed that the toughest part of getting started with your students is learning how to breathe? Absolutely. We're all in that boat, not you two, because that's your art of learning Tai Chi and Go. But I'll never forget the first time I went to a yoga lesson, and I was having a lot of cardiovascular trouble most of my life. I was born with a heart murmur that didn't really go away. So through my life, I've had to be very, um, have incentives to, to, to be in the Health Olympics. I was an athlete and many more things. I found myself to be my own Petri dish, but... I found that uh, when I decided that they were a little concerned about me not too many years ago, I'd take some private yoga lessons. And uh, uh, Dr. Chow, I have to tell you, I, when she started teaching me how to breathe, I, it was painful. <laughs> and oh, I thought, yes. when I come back for this next lesson each time, I think I'm going to learn more about the breathing and I'm going to learn about anything else. We all experience not being taught from birth how to breathe. Now, Dr. Chow, you tell us, of all the years that you've been practicing, how many years have you been teaching the art? Well, all of about 60 years. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I started as a child with a family who uh, practices Chinese medicine or family friends practices Chinese medicine, and I've seen miracles happening then before I went into nursing, and when I went into nursing, I saw the whole whole conundrum of uh, revolving doors and syndromes. They go out, then they come back in. They go out, they come back in. It was very discouraging for me, and this is why I integrated Chinese medicine and Qigong into uh, into my practice with nursing, and uh, and now Steve, I really love your story about the heart band, and we, I'm sure we have lots of stories to share in that way. But unfortunately, these stories don't get out. For example, I just received a note from my uh, well, she's my friend now, but she started with me a few years ago with stage four breast cancer, and it was dubious as to how it's going to happen. And so last uh, two months ago, in practicing Chao Qigong all this time, she is clear of cancer. And she wrote me today, she said she had another PET scan, so it's her second scan, and is totally clear of any cancer. So that makes me cry, you know. What do you think? I, I'm Aww. emotional now because yes, she's course. a dear lady. Of course. And we just helped her bring her fiancé from Cuba, and they just got married. So these are the kind of heartrending stories that I'm faced with. Well, and Dr. Chow, you uh, you and I have talked when you have been in other parts of the world. You and I will be talking and by our cell phone, and you'll be in any country of the world where they've called you in, 
to do yes. what she described today, to see what they could do. But I'm going to ask you, Dr. Chow, something, and Steve. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think the most important part, number one, of learning how to do this art, to master the art? What's the most important thing you have to learn to do? Well, uh, you know, without breath, you're dead. Thank you. Steve, what do you think? Also, the second reason is that without water, you're also dead. Well, Dr. Chow, the reason I'm coming after the breathing is the planet Earth had around the planet Earth for billions of years before life began, other than the life in the water vapor, and the sun came up to change the climate, but it, it was breathing water vapor, the planet. That's what brought life to the beginning to change, and all of a sudden the climate changed because the solar system was changing and brought the sun around. Absolutely. Where you've learned, do you know of one human being that teaches the baby how to breathe? Well, actually, uh, Sharon, the God has created the baby to breathe properly. But it's, it's then as they grow up into three and four and they start to breathe wrong because the adult it. Okay, shoulders up, chest out, and don't move your, you know, thing. And they learn chest breathing. Now, if you saw, if everybody go and get a baby, and you lay the baby on the table, and we've been mean enough to do this when we were kids, and we make a loud noise, you'll just slap the table. What does the baby do? The baby doesn't bring the arm into the body. It flails the arm out, the legs flail out, and they go, ah! Huh. And that's breath. I'll be, mm-hmm, okay. And so okay. they go back to see what the baby does, and they do it right. But as we grow old, we learn to hunch ourselves, and we learn to draw ourselves in when we're sort of confronted with something. And this is all that stress reflex that brings us into a problem area. So therefore, we have to teach them to breathe with a diaphragm not with the chest and the shoulder. And the diaphragm, when you breathe properly, and we really mean intensive breathing, and that will tighten. We can get rid of 12 inches, Sharon, in two hours through this intensive breathing with Qigong. And the ambassador from Thailand, I've got pictures showing 12 inches he lost. In Spain, he was over there with me in Spain, and we had people pushing him and sending cheese, and within two hours, he lost 12 inches around his skirt because he was pretty, you know, pretty roly-poly and because of good living. And, and not only him, not just one case, we've had hundreds of cases we've done that, but they must drink water to facilitate the cheese to to move because water is part of the basic premise of traditional Chinese medicine. It is part of an important phase, one of five elements that is important. If you don't have water, everything goes askew. Right. You know, I'm going to ask you both something that comes through my heart and my mind a lot. 
is uh, out there in our world, we have a lot of people that are in prison, incarcerated. You know, and we're out there, both of you are acknowledgeable. Dr. Chow, you've done it. Steve, you've known people who are out there teaching our military to be more disciplined and how to breathe and art of, of being disciplined with these, this movement. We've had, we've had a, a pleasure for eight years that we dealt with the Department of Defense. Every yeah. year they came to us to have a session. On but what about our incarceration of, of inmates that go there? And I had a doctor on from one of the big clinics here in the United States in research, and he and I were coming along about the eyes, and we were really getting into the evaporation. Our babies are born, and they have eye trouble, and nobody really knows it. In fact, yes. we have a doctor, Marguerite McDonald, who's a very good friend of mine, and she's the founder of LASIK Eye Surgery. And Marguerite, Dr. McDonald said that when she was just a little girl, she was an only child, and one time she walked into in a shopping area into a pond. She didn't even see it. And she was just oh, a toddler, my. and people were screaming, and they had no idea that she had problems with her eyes. Her parents had no, until she walked in that pond. Well, the oh. doctor said, in research they're proving, a lot of our individuals that are incarcerated have had trouble with their eyes, and the anxiety and the problems of the eyes cause a real anxiety to people. They don't know what it is. And well, that evaporation they're finding, Dr. Chow, is affecting the brain. 90% of the evaporation yeah. of our eyes, water loss. So you two, what do you think about teaching this? Have you heard about it in more of our prisons where people are incarcerated? Have they started teaching it? Because they need to breathe. Um, yes. Uh, we have uh, several people. Uh, Judith Chowith. She's been working with the inmates here at mm-hmm. the at the um, a prison, and uh, somebody else who I can't recall the name right now, and doing a marvelous job of that. And I had a letter one time from a fellow who was in prison in in Illinois, and he wrote. He says, "My mother gave me a set of your books and videotape and meditation." And by golly, he said, I walked off the wrong path, and because I've been practicing your Qigong every day, I am now back, and I am due to be discharged. He says, without that, I would still be the bad person I was. He was very Christian, but he sort well, of went anxiety. off the path. And then he said, anxiety. I loaned your book to the bunch of prisoners that were the worst prisoners in the mm-hmm. in the uh, prison, and you know they started losing their aggression, mm-hmm. and they were behaving. So this was as this for, was at distance. Yeah, Doctor Chow, I'm going to ask Steve. And this what is what I say that is possible that. as well. Yeah, Steve, have you had experiences with that? Uh, with individuals who have been incarcerated or incarcerated, have they asked uh, any instructions to go in and assist that? Um, no, but I, I did work with, um, at one of the schools I was in, we actually had some um, prison guards that were working mm-hmm. in the jails. And mm-hmm. that job in itself, as they described, was a very high-stress job because they were dealing with, you know, in some instances, the, the, the worst of the worst criminals. Mm-hmm. And their health level and their stress level 
um, were just com- uh, their health level was down and their stress level was way high. And then when they started doing Tai Chi and Qigong, they were actually able to function better in their jobs because I really believe that on top of, you know, gaining all this Qi energy that we're channeling through our body, processing, you know, our water, our nutrients, everything else, the one thing that um, Qigong and Tai Chi does is definitely strengthen the mind. And I think that that's one of the benefits that we don't realize um, from this. I mean, sure, we can get the breathing down eventually. Sure, we'll get the postures down. But the effect it has on the mind and the strength of the mind, whether it just be for discipline or for relaxation or just to be able to clear your mind for, you know, extended periods of time. I mean, that in itself is an art to master because most people can't shut their mind down to just relax and just breathe and just be content. Our minds are and racing And then, Steve, constantly. you have also taught me and said to me, and so does Dr. Chow, but the strengthening of your body in a different direction, in other words, your reflexes. Um, you reflex differently when you've learned the art of Tai Chi to defend yourself. Am I wrong? No, no that's you're, perfectly you're right. right. Yes. Because you begin and, to have different reflexes because of your, and, and, and I'm the one who doesn't know how to do it here, audience. Yes, I'm going to learn. I, I've told Steve, Dr. Chow, I envy his last 22 years. You and Steve are always going to be ahead of me when I learn this. But well, the thing about it, it, what I envy is the fact that the art gives you a strength of your discipline, of your body, and the breathing and your mind that uh, most people don't have. But, but uh, Sharon, you know, um, there are many different responses. And for you, for what you have accomplished, and your persistency and your wherewithal of what you're doing and what you're contributing to the world shows that you have innate Qigong practice. And it isn't always learning these forms that then makes you good. It's what you are that is Qigong. And Qigong isn't the forms. It is a way of life. And you definitely, definitely exonerate what Qigong is in life. Well, I appreciate that, Dr. Child. I never thought of it that, of that but um, it is, yes. And I, I truly believe that the atmosphere is what we need to learn to live with first and breathe. Um, I need that. That education is so important. We're out of time. And uh, uh, Steve, what would oh you my. like to say to Do- What would you like to say real quickly with Dr. Chow? Um, one of the things that um, Tai Chi and Qigong also teach us, as we talked about the breathing with babies, they're born breathing correctly, and then after a few years, they breathe incorrectly when they have to be taught to breathe correctly again. It's the same thing with Tai Chi movement and Qigong movement you're actually teaching your body how to move as one, where over time we forget that as we grow older. We're actually using our whole body in those movements. It's not so much our reflexes get better, it's just that we're using our body the way it was meant to be used rather than... Mm -hmm. Steve, it's kind of like a harmony, right? It just harmonizes itself. Is that Explain it a little... Okay. Sure. <laughs> Rhythm. Dr. Chow, what would you like to say at this last moment? Well, I first want to say how nice it was to meet Steve Lauer here. And Sharon, I honor you 
and your continuous hard work with this. And I know we work, it's all a big pleasure, but it's still work. And the thing is, the mind is the greatest thing with Qigong and Tai Chi because it's all combined, the mind, body, spirit, and uh, the physical aspect and with the universe. And I think people need to remember that we cannot separate those entities. If something happens with you emotionally, you will manifest physical symptoms. And if something physically injures you, you're going to experience uh, emotional and spiritual kinds of trauma as well. Well, we're out of time, and I just wish we could go on longer. The universe. And just one more word is that um, hugs are great. So eight heart-to-heart hugs and every day at least, and three belly-aching laughs a day. Those are the greatest healing and positive mental attitude. They're telling me we're out of time. And uh, Steve and Dr. Chow, I want to thank you both. I think we've. Uh, this has been so wonderful. I thank you both great. for giving us your time today. I wish you both a very good day and be well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you both. Thank you. Have a nice day. I want to thank you for joining us. You embrace your life, and you know we're earth whispers. Don't say goodbye. Leave it all, some behind for all those children for generations to come. You be well, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.